morning, everyone. Happy Bad Fringe Day and welcome to the News Agenda with me, Fleet Street Fox. And today I'm joined by the Mirror's assistant, uh, by the Mirror, my fellow Mirror columnist, Mark Steele, not Jason Beatty, which is what my script says here for Monday. Oh, and, I wonder what you were going to say there. <laughs> I was just reading stuff out like Ron Burgundy. And this is the People's Pay-Per-View. <coughs> so get into the comments, ask us your questions and we'll do our best to answer them for you. Those of you listening later on the podcast, I'm afraid you're just going to have to open a window and yodel for attention. So what have we got today? Well, the mirror has splashed on the 20-year jail sentence for sex trafficker and friend of the royals, Ghislaine Maxwell, plus a threat from the lawyer for some of the victims to go after the rest of Jeffrey Epstein's buddies. Watch out, Andrew. Now, uh, but inside, on page two, is a story of rather more immediate ramifications for you, dear viewer, which is that now firefighters and postal workers are threatening to strike over pay and inflation. Now, Mark, we've already seen so far that I can remember strikes on the railways, metal workers, British Airways and barristers, possible strikes from teachers and GPs and nurses. Are we, do you think we're getting to the point where it's literally everybody out and the whole country grinds to a halt? I think it's a long way from that, but I think it wouldn't be a, an entirely bad thing if that happened. I think the government has no idea that these, because it, it, it's so out of touch, I think, with what's uh, what people think. And I was astonished, like 50-something percent of people supporting the rail strikes, which is a astonishing and then they say they do the same things that they would do in their sort of clubs it's coming back to the 1970s and all that sort of thing uh, back to the days of Arthur Scargill it's like when someone sort of makes a comic reference and doesn't understand that people do oh it's like Frank Spencer not knowing that people it, unless you're 60 you won't know that reference and I think mm. a huge number of people think this is a of course you have to do this and uh um yeah, and oh, it, they're out of touch. When there was a, they're they're out they're out of date. All that sort of thing. I did think that they'd make a good point that the rail unions are out of date by striking. If they were more modern, then they would just um, get better wages. Just cancel things. Well, I <laughs> think just <laughs> you yeah. Or they should just um, they should just all the RMT members should have an affair with Boris Johnson, and within a week or two, they'd all be offered a one hundred thousand pounds a year job for doing nothing. That could be a way that they could improve their wages. <laughs> that would be more modern. But I, it's, think, I think it's, and of course, the, I, I suspect as well that postal workers, firefighters and all these other people you mentioned have seen the effectiveness and the support that uh, that arrives. For They can't understand why Mick Lynch just sort of sits there and goes, that's not actually true. It's, uh, it's not, you know, we're not doing that. And huge, and the country applauds and thinks, marvellous. No one trusts Boris Johnson at all now, unless you are really seriously mentally ill. And so um, uh, and so I think there's a sort of sense that, that, and of course, the justice of it, that people have got gradually worse off, particularly through through the pandemic. And now 10% inflation, you're asked to accept another, that in effect is an 8% wage cut. So all of those things combined mean that there's a, you know, there's a sense of like we can do this. That's what yeah. that's what motivates people for a strike, isn't it? It's not the the just not just the justice of it, but the belief that you can actually do something about it. 
that you can actually win and you can mm. take yeah, this collective yeah. action. It'll make some difference somewhere. Um, and also the fact you've got no other options, of course, that helps too. Now, Mike says, how can Johnson claim that pay rises are inflationary when the inflation has already happened and people are just trying not to take a pay cut, like Mark says? Now, this is the, it's worth pointing out that the government does want to link the pay rises and the strikes with the inflation. And they're saying, they're trying to say, um, and to be honest, there's some journalists as well using a lot of shorthand here. And they're saying, because inflation's high, um, people want a pay rise to cope with it. And then the government says, but if you have a pay rise, that means the inflation becomes permanent. Well, dear viewer, if any of you have evidence of prices falling at any point in our <laughs> lifetime, please get into the comments and let us know, because I am not aware of any price rise that's ever dropped back down again in the long term. Mars bars that were 25p when I was a kid are no longer 25p, and they're never going to be 25p ever again as long as I live, I dare say, which is a great fit to get four for a quick. Exactly. I mean, and there's a marvellous logic to that. I've always thought this, right? There's a great logic to it where they go, if you get, what they said, if you, if you get higher wages, then you'll actually be worse off, you see. You're fools for not realising this. So, in fact, rather than ask for higher wages, you should ask for lower wages, and then you will that be better have more off. Money. You'll okay. be better off. In fact, why not work for your boss for nothing? Maybe rip up the floorboards in your house and send them by courier to your boss. You'll be rolling in it in no time. It's the most stupid logic. And... Um, well, they managed to convince a few people, but not very, not very many. You know, it's not really getting through, is it? Now, Samantha says, I understand the reasons for wanting to strike, but there's a shortage anyway of firefighters. So isn't this going to cause a greater threat to life with 999 calls? I don't know how where the fire brigade union stands, if there is an emergency, if they, they leave the picket line and go and deal with it. I'm sure most firefighters, if they're stood in a picket line and they see something go up in smoke, they're going to go and rush off and help. The point is they're not on call. And they're not um, they're not going to be available and it's going to make things more difficult. And they just kind of want to cause problems in order that and cause disruption in order that they then get their pay demand met. And it's also worth pointing out the fire brigades union says that since 2009, they have had a 12 percent cut in real terms to their wages. And what they're asking for here is 8 percent. Right. So they're not even asking for everything they should have had since austerity, because where they've had below inflation pay cuts and zero percent pay rises and so on. They're just asking for three quarters of what they should have had, two thirds of what they should have had, rather. And actually, this actually means, Mark, maybe the first time in history, a union is threatening to go on strike in order to obtain a real terms pay cut. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, yes, exactly, and I think that that's and uh, and that connects with a huge number of of people, isn't it? Which is over, over the last ten years. This is the longest period, isn't it? I don't know, you, you know, these sorts of things. I don't, but I, as far as I'm aware, this is the longest period in which average living standards have declined since just after the Napoleonic Wars or something. Isn't that right? So oh, um, since we were all living on turnips and it was the peasants' revolt yeah. after that death. This is the worst thing that's ever happened since the last terrible thing <laughs> no, ever I, happened. No, I know there's that. Yeah, I know. I know there's that, uh, you know, there are those people. This is the worst. This is the long, uh, there is now more poverty than in any age since the Stone Age and all those Yeah, they typed out very, on their yeah, 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 I know that. But uh, I think that there is a there is a sort of generalised 
feeling that is common to people. When the government says, uh, how dare these people demand all this when they're earning more than hospital workers? And the same government are the people who didn't give the hospital workers anything. I think I said in my column something along the lines of, it's like a burglar being called and saying, no, I'm not giving you your television back that I just robbed off you. Because next door, I robbed their television and all the jewellery and did a mess on their bed. So you should yes, think yourself you lucky. lucky. Really. All I took off you was the telly. Yeah. Really me. Uh, keep asking us your questions, everybody. Where are you on the idea of um, a sort of a general strike, I, I suppose it's turning into? You know, the 1926 general strike was when the unions actually cooperated together and everybody went out in support of each other. Here we've got uh, numerous unions. The NUJ even is balloting um, for strike action. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it, it, maybe they're all working independently, not together this time. But if there is a huge number of strikes across the board... How do you feel that's going to um, work out? How do, do you support it all? Jamie Martin says, do you think it's fair that MPs gave themselves a pay rise while everyone was struggling to make ends meet? Now, the pay rise Jamie's referring to from the so-called independent pay review body, which is not because it's recruited and, and overseen by a committee of MPs, which I don't get to see. I don't get to oversee my pay rises. It's a shame, but there we are. Um, that they, they awarded themselves 3% back in the, the start of the year, before the inflation kicked in. And that means about £2,200 extra a year on an average MP's 84 grand on salary. So it is below inflation now. It's only 3%, which is what quite a lot of these other organisations have been offered. So MPs would say, Jamie, that actually they're taking a, they're taking a real terms cut. They would they would have this same argument with you, right? That's that with the but a real terms, you know, cut of only a three percent pay rise when you're earning eighty four grand is still two and a half grand in your pocket. So it's not that difficult. And plus, of course, they will have the right to have two, three other jobs. Now, Carol says, "I'm a local government worker. It's worked out I'm minus thirty eight percent." Dear God, Carol. Um, I presume that's not in one year, but it's it's coming down over a number of years and you've had those terms against inflation. Jim says doctors are asking for 30 percent. They are asking for a lot, but they've been asking for a lot for quite a long time and been ignored. Um, and again, this is going back over historic cuts happening since austerity, which never needed to happen. Of course, Ree says we were warned about Brexit. Mark, do you think this is all part of Brexit? Is it all the pandemic is it is it just a tory government what's all this why is it why 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 well the first reason why is because there are a, a handful of people in society who are extremely wealthy who own and control all the way that things happen and it is in their interest to try and shuffle uh wealth away from the mass of the population towards them and, and that sounds very old-fashioned but that is still that is still the case and and if you say that and if you make that case the government says that they you need to modernize i love that that they go they, the government says to the rmt you need to modernize what modernize like the conservative party the most modern institution in the world people such as jacob reese tiktok mog yeah and the, and, the, and the parliament of course which is so full of archaic, ridiculous, yes. 
so-called traditional things. They all have to sit two sword lengths apart from each other. Yes, exactly. I did um, do that. So I did that in my... Standing about in stockings and garters <laughs> yes, yes. and wigs, waving gold sticks in the air and saying the Queen's not allowed in. And then when they have a vote, they've got to walk down two separate corridors when a bell rings because they pressing a button is like just not enough fun. Exactly. And they say the, the railway, the train driver should modernise like Parliament. The driver should announce before the train leaves, is it not the case that the 7.38 will be five minutes late? And then all the, and then all the passengers have to go, uh, <laughs> I just I disagree with my right honourable friend. I believe it is in fact 74 hours early if you look at it from a different perspective of tomorrow. <laughs> and then you all have to wave your tickets. <laughs> order, order. Yeah. Yeah. Now well, we will not accept this from the right, the, 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 the member, the, the right, the train to Wigan for 7.43. You could not be able like this, yeah, exactly, <laughs> and so on. But uh, but but yeah, I think that. But those that, that is the first reason, and they've and that uh, it predates Brexit and it predates the pandemic. And this this will generally happen is that the employers will want to pay. Uh, most employers will want to pay their workforce less. Governments will want to pay their workforce less. That is the first reason. I think Brexit clearly hasn't helped, and there are some cases where that's that's made a very definite um, difference. But I don't think that's the main reason. I think that this this did used to happen when we were still in the EU as well, and austerity happened when we were in the EU. Um, I'm, I'm very much opposed to Brexit, but that. But I don't think that's the only reason this is happening, no. No. Now, Ian says, we'll get there eventually, and here we are. <laughs> a general strike would be a good start. What we need is a revolution. Why not, Ian? Uh, Mick Lynch for leader, <laughs> if you ask me. Um, Sarah says, absolutely behind the strike action. Why shouldn't people be paid a fair and decent wage? Annual wage increases should be in line with inflation. They are for pensions who are getting a, a one in line with inflation this year. And it's worth, I re, this so annoys me as well, Mark, that we have this discussion about whether we should pay the public sector more or less, as though that money goes, isn't theirs to start with, and they didn't pay it in taxes. No nurse or firefighter ever paid any taxes. So this money, they just, well, they want a gift. It's been given to them in return for nothing. And that when we give it to them, it goes into a black hole. And what actually happens is if you pay, let's say we paid uh, firefighters 100% more, right? They've got 100% more cash in their pocket. They pay double the amount of tax. They pay double the amount of national insurance. They pay double the amount of pension contributions. They would pay, they'd have a better car. They'd be able to move house. They'd be able to have enough child. They'd be able to buy more stuff in the shops. They'd be able to buy a more expensive sandwich at lunchtime. All that money goes into the economy, not the firefighters' pockets. It goes into the economy and it goes into other people's pockets. So if you pay the public sector a bit more, which is the only bit that the government can influence, nurses, doctors, teachers, MPs, whatever, then that goes out and goes into the private sector's pockets because people go, and I know I'm going to buy a new computer because I need one and I don't have to um, scrimp and save for a year. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to go on holiday. All the industries... Benefit if we pay people. They do all what? benefit. Uh, so one, uh, I, I think it's really interesting if you look at uh, France, for example. Where France is not a socialist country. It's been run by someone who's uh, uh, the president there is very much not of the left. 
But because in France they haven't had the equivalent of austerity, uh, partly because the, the trade unions have been stronger and because there's been protests and, you know, oh, you know what the French are like, you know, somebody suggests bloody shutting something down for half an hour and then the next thing everybody's setting fire to, to, to all the zoo animals in the middle of the motorway or something. But uh, not just that, but because they haven't had... I was really interested in the, the uh, French elections... Macron, the president, tried to uh, raise the retirement age from 62 to 65 gradually. And that was what got him in a pickle. Marine Le Pen very um, opportunistically sort of opposed that and so on. And in the end, he had to largely back down on that. And I thought, well, that's just one example. In France, very much a capitalist country, but... Their retirement age is 62. Here it's 66, isn't it, for men? Yeah, and going up. up. So just on that one issue, before you even come to all these other things, then they've got four extra years of work they get, get out of you here than there. And France still manages. The rich in France are still rich. The the employers are still able to have like huge companies that make vast amounts of profits and so on. But here, because we've been so sort of smashed up over the last forty years or so, as in terms of trade unions and resist all the all the sort of things that that have meant that the from Margaret Thatcher's days onwards that those people have won. Just on the issue of retirement. We do four extra years of work than them. And then they go, hey, we can't possibly, we can't possibly give in to these demands. But they really, really could. They could give in to a great deal more than what the unions are demanding. And they would yeah. still be the people. And it's the very, very top people. That's why when they try to divide people, oh, do you know what the train drivers, some of them are earning £70,000 a year. They always exaggerate and so on. But even if they are earning £70,000 a year, the gap is not between the person earning 20000 and the person earning 60000 Of course, if you're earning 20000 that seems like a massive gap, and it is. But that's not where the real division is. It's between the mass of the workforce and the tiny handful of people are coining it in by millions. That's where the real gap is. And those people have become massively wealthier over the last 30 years. They started out wealthy, but it wasn't enough. Yeah, and then even I've got chief executives who are earning 20, 60, sometimes even 80 times what the average person in their company is earning. And they're sort of performance-related so-called perks don't deal with, you know, whether the trains are running on time, whether the bins are getting emptied on the right day, but their their performance-related pay is how much money they can chisel out to give to shareholders, and then they get remunerated in return. So it's it's still not, you know, I would move to France if it, they didn't keep voting for fascists, which I do find a bit <laughs> worrying. Maybe that's what they're doing their extra four years. Um, you thought they would have learned by now, didn't you? Uh, Debbie says... They haven't Australia, had a go for a long while, to be fair. Uh, well, yeah, I just don't <laughs> trust them. Uh, Debbie in Australia says in in Australia our local trains always announce when they're leaving and announce as we're close to the next stop and its name so you get ready to depart. Um, we had one premier band striking and if you did you could lose your job. We wouldn't have the conditions in our workforce if the older workers and unions didn't strike for it. We wouldn't have weekends. We wouldn't have maternity pay. We wouldn't have sick leave and you wouldn't have holidays if the unions hadn't gone out on strike at some point. Um, 
Debbie also mentioned that Australia has brought down the price of bread and other bits to sort of keep them affordable in this particular sort of uh, crisis that the whole world is going through. And other bits of it seem to be dealing with a bit better than us, perhaps. Um, very quickly, before we move on to the next story, Mark, do you think the government's going to give give way on this? Because they do seem to quite like the whole the idea of this Thatcher era slugging it out with the left. But like you said earlier on, and as we've seen in the comments, most people are actually quite supportive. They don't have this 1980s divisive split that we had then. I think that they will uh, be forced to back down to to a certain degree. Uh, I think the one thing that is certain is that the rail workers and all of these other groups will get a better deal uh, in, in all sorts of areas if they take action than if they don't. That's the one rule in life that that doesn't seem to change if you put up a if you put up a bit of a fight you will get more than if you don't yeah and if you ask nicely doesn't really work very well especially not the people you're asking aren't very nice especially if the people you're asking are the sort of people who say you've got no there is no money and they then try to find hundred and fifty thousand pounds to pay for a treehouse for this baby a bulletproof treehouse, got to be said. Bulletproof treehouse. I built. Yeah. I built a tree. I built a little climbing frame thing for my daughter. Yeah, because it came flat packed from Holland, where it was cheap or something. It was like 150 quid, and me and my dad built it, and it's out there and doing a fine turn. Why don't? Why doesn't Boris just get so a little wooden sliding swings and do it? not difficult it's not going to be bulletproof how many people get to check us with a gun no one to be fair i couldn't put up a flat pack thing i would gladly pay hundred and fifty thousand pounds for someone else to do it rather than i'll be be round. i'll be round by tea time (laughs) and i'll build you one there you go 150 grand now um moving on to another story then keep asking us your questions what do you think about the idea of a strike? Are you supportive? Are you not supportive? Do you think that everyone should be getting these pay rises? Do you think they're asking for too much? Do you think austerity is to blame? One of our, uh, Ree said earlier on, one of our commenters said that this is worse than austerity. Arguably it is. And of course, austerity did end up leaving us with a big debt. And, you know, to so far 12 years of Tory governments that haven't done lots of brilliant things. But we'll see, won't we, in the, in the fullness of time. Now, moving on to another story and to the tragic news that bowel cancer campaigner Dame Deborah James died yesterday at the far too young age of just 40 uh, and with two teenage children as well. Now, in her last month, she raised £6 million for charity. She had tea and a damehood off Prince William, which isn't bad going, and still found time to write letters to her children uh, for them to open at key points in their lives and to make lots of happy memories with them. Now, Mark, she's she's quite rightly become a national hero for the way she d- dealt with her diagnosis. Um, and I'm not criticising her at all. I'm criticising us. I think the fact that she was, you know, she was this pretty, vivacious, dancing around with her chemo pump there on Instagram, that meant we gave her a lot of attention. Um but there are hundreds and thousands of people in this country right now undergoing chemotherapy and cancer treatment. They're, they're wearing the cancer scarf. They're feeling the worst they've ever felt in their lives. Their toenails are dropping off. Um, they're not getting that attention from us as a public. We sort of criticise how much their doctors and nurses are asking for to be paid to do all this instead. Um, is there something wrong with us as a, as a species, as a nation, that... We gave Deborah all this attention, which she used for, for brilliant ends, it should be said, 
and we prefer to look away from the people who aren't able to make quite the same splash and who who need us just as much? Uh, I wouldn't say that, no, because if she'd been sort of using it just for uh just for herself then you could say that but she clearly wasn't doing that she was oh, no, not sort of using it to to make it an issue that like look this is what everybody goes through so i i don't i wouldn't sort of be in any way churlish about it uh uh i don't think i you know i know yes the sort of the presentation of it sometimes is uh oh this one per- and of course i know that uh you know we will all at a certain point in life, we all know people who've had cancer. And I know um, one of my friends who uh, died of cancer about seven or eight years ago used to say, as I know a lot of people do have been through that, it's really what one of the things that really annoyed him was that language of uh, the fight against cancer, the battle, he's battling against cancer. Yeah. And it almost sort of, um, almost as if to say, if you've got enough fight, you can personally get against it. But it's just, it's luck in the end, isn't it? Whether you've got a cancer that can be sorted out or or one that's yeah. going to see you off. And uh, uh, so I think, yeah, that that sort of language, I think people with cancer find very objectionable. The, the idea that it, it, you, it's down to you somehow um, to fight against it. But no, yeah. I don't, I, I think what she's done is, is brilliant. Oh, no, and totally. Impressive I was and, uh, wondering whether we as a as a something with us that we don't do it quite well i mean she's she's done an awful lot to sort of show that you know someone who's got cancer is still a normal person it's still themselves whoever they are yeah, yeah, and whatever yeah. their human personality is is still there um and she, they're not just a cancer victim you know she's done an awful lot to to push through that barrier but i just i know someone who's going through cancer at the moment and who doesn't feel like getting up and dancing around the chemo pump yeah, yeah. because she's was very 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 ill um and it's all down to like you say our brilliant nhs and how well we deal with it but it's it's just got a slight tinge of the captain toms i think about it the fact that we thought this was great this this old guy you know wheeling himself up and down his garden to raise money for the nhs isn't it sweet but then again it's quite dystopian that that's how we're all prepared to pay more for the NHS. Whereas if a politician came along and said, would you pay more tax for the NHS? We all go, no. You know. Yes, well, the money, yes, the, the, that's very much an argument. All the money that's that's raised, uh, and great that you have these charities, but, yeah, if somebody said, right, as uh, rather than relying on people paying money into charities and dropping off all their clothes at a, a charity shop and giving money because somebody currently is putting things on the internet with them dancing with their chemo pump rather than that we will compel the people who can afford to pay to pay enough so that we have a health service that works so it's not just about whether or not you're generous enough and inspired enough but we will compel you to pay that amount then yeah you're quite right then they go berserk and, and say cancer patients haven't got to get up and dance about and paint their toenails that are just about still on if they don't want to in order to but it's down to choice if you would rather use your money to buy a bulletproof tree house for your infant child that is your choice and it is extraordinary isn't it well when you look at america when there is any suggestion of even something that looks faintly like 
uh, a universal healthcare system. The arguments of the right against it are you're taking away choice, and that's the you know the uh, the National yeah. Health Service, for example. They say there you have no choice. You've got no choice if you fall over having had a heart attack in the street. The paramedics will come round and try to revive you. You've they've taken away your personal choice. That's what yeah. they do. I was speaking to Meg the other day. You said that any kind of socialized, uh, any kind of nationalized healthcare was like socialism, creeping socialism, lefty communism, blah blah. It was like it's all going to be Vietnam before you knew where you were. Oh dear. Now yeah, William just says, you, "I just had... leave you to me in agony." That's what they should yes. do. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Actually. God born right as an American citizen. We're angry this now, morning, aren't we? We're not our normal cheerfully cheerful. So unlike us. Uh, now, William says, I've had bowel cancer and it's no joke. It can be very painful and makes you look at life differently. It's a horrid scare. Quite right, William. He was lucky he got away with it and had it removed. Well done. Thank you, William, for letting us know. Glad to know you're better. And there's finally, before we move on, there's a quote from Deborah James that is, I think it's worth saying again here. She says, find a life worth enjoying. Take risks. Love deeply. Have no regrets. And always, always have rebellious hope. And finally, check your poo because it could just save your life. So check your poo today, everybody. Now, moving on, we do have some good news in the world, uh, and it's not about poo. Here it is. Right, now, as Dame Deborah might and probably did say, cancer doesn't always have to be depressing. Uh, lots of people do survive, thanks to our brilliant NHS. And so it was for Ryan Penniston, who had a soft tissue cancer aged just 18 months old spent eight months in hospital having chemo and surgery, which must have just been horrific for his parents to sit by his bedside for all of that. Never mind for him. But yesterday he entered Wimbledon as a wild card and smashed his first match in straight sets, which if I was his mum, I think I'd be on the floor. Mark, you're a big sports fan. Um, have you been watching? Do you think he has what it takes to get to the final? Because I mean, I remember watching wild card Boris Becker at 18 get all the way to the final. Is that still possible, do you think, in the in the days of, um, you know, that professionalised sport? Can that still happen? Well, it was very professional when Boris Becker did that. But uh, Boris Becker was already sort of noted as a, a, as a potential Grand Slam winner by the time he, he did that, even though he was only 17. Don't but destroy I, it. Don't destroy yeah, well, it. Well, no, no, no. I think quite the opposite. I think that, uh, and this is part of the problem with the attitude towards tennis i think in britain is that there's a there's a sort of assumption that the if you anything less than winning wimbledon is somehow a failure and uh that is an immense achievement to get to a grand slam even if you haven't had cancer at the age of 18 months to get to a grand slam and to win a match is an extraordinary achievement that makes that's put him in the last 64 in the world um, that's amazing. I'm sad to say I didn't. I always feel slightly regretful if I miss any sporting event. Uh, but sadly, I didn't. I didn't see his game. Uh, that's tremendous. And I think you know, if Murray, for example, gets to the wins one more match and gets to the third round when he's held together with bits of bolts and blue tack, that is an extraordinary mm. achievement after all he's all he's been through. I'd always used to sort of sort of frustrate me for two reasons really one uh, uh, you know when there was a sort of oh it is like with Tim Henman bless him oh he's failed again he's managed to not beat Sampras or Agassi and um getting to the semi-final regularly is an amazing achievement 
But the other thing, in Britain, you are especially amazing if you manage that because the people who run tennis in Britain, for the most part, work tirelessly to try and ensure that no one is any good at tennis because they... uh, Murray had to famously go to Spain because there's no way that he would have been... Yeah, in my view, the greatest British sports star of the last 50 years. There's no way he could have achieved that if he'd stayed here. The tennis clubs, not all of them, but many of them are very you know, snobby and so on. We all, you know, I know uh, people who've been uh, took their kids to tennis clubs and just been turned away because you're not from that milieu that the tennis club is, is set up for. Um, there's a thousand different ways that uh, that that the snobbery ensures that people don't get the training and so on. They don't, it's, it's made so inaccessible to people. So I think if you're British and you're good at that, good at tennis, even if you haven't had cancer as a child, you are a phenomenal human being and best of luck to him. And he's already succeeded. That's the point. Even if he gets knocked out in the second round, that's a tremendous success. Well, exactly. He's always won the lot. He's already won the lottery in a way, isn't he? Because he's he's managed to make it there. So I think that's rather fantastic. I was watching uh, Rafa's match, a bit of Rafa's match last night with the Argentinian, his name, I can't remember. Um, And uh, my daughter, who's six, was trying to, what's going on? And I said, well, that's Rafa Nadal, who's been doing this for years and is really good, but he's sort of trying to do it again. And this guy's a bit younger and wants to beat him. And it was at break point in the fourth set. And I was trying to explain the psychological uh, pressures of whether or not, you know, it kept going juice advantage, juice advantage, juice advantage. And I was trying to to explain that what was going on here was the battle in the head. And the which one was finally going to get through. Yes, exactly, yeah. So yeah, tennis is, I don't care how snobby you are, it's gladiatorial one-on-one combat. So yes. much better than a team game. And you'll do very well to beat Rafa Nadal in the head because he is mad. I mean, in the yeah. most but beautiful way. All you've got to do way. is beat him is just move his water bottle slightly to the right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Oh, that, that utter chaos. <laughs> it's set fire to Wimbledon. But it's <laughs> yeah. beautiful because that... Sport is all about subplots and the humanity and so on. And the fact that Rafa Nadal is this... Crazy, but very beautifully gracious person that's just all muscle and driven. And it's not enough that he's won more tournaments than anyone in human history. That's not enough. And the when he won yesterday, it was as if he'd won his first ever Wimbledon. The joy that of coming through that, but the drive for that. I mean, some people might find it unpalatable, but I find it extraordinary. Yeah. That's what I would do at at change of ends. I just walk past his seat and just yeah move something slightly harder. Well, and and, uh, have you have you described to your daughter the um, magnificent array of actions he has to do before each point that changes from year to year? Oh, show her that. It's fascinating. Yeah, there's now about nine things. Yeah, uh, yes, I think it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has to go. I think it's oh hair, ear, ear, ear. Bum crack ear nose. ear nose. <laughs> Maybe he'll introduce some some more like a uh, a pirouette. <laughs> if it's still going in a couple of years. Two press ups. Write a haiku. <laughs> We're, uh, that's something else. Maybe his future opponents can bear in mind. Something they can do to really um, dislodge his psychology a bit and get in his head. We'll have to see, won't we? Right. Thank. We've got to wrap because we're well over running. Thank oh. you, Mark, for joining us. Um, thank you everyone for taking part. Um, 
well done, William, for beating cancer. I hope it stays that way. Uh, and let's all uh, just bear in mind Dame Deborah's final words. Check your poo and don't have any regrets is the most important thing. Thank you very much, everyone. We'll see you next Monday for another edition of the News Agenda. Bye-bye. Yeah.